Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hey, I don't mind getting displaced by Baylor football. I'm glad people are playing football in the state of Texas. It just wouldn't be right if they weren't. And so, but nonetheless, this show's not about football, even though I talk about football sometimes. It's about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And we have been busy this week. Why? Because we have a huge event this weekend. Matter of fact, by the time you hear this audio, we're probably going to be done or on towards the end of it. And that is the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. We've got close to 30 speakers from all levels of government, of ministry, of community. And you can see that at txvalues.org. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute. But one of the people that, in the individuals, one of our featured speakers at the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, which is an annual event of Texas Values, is our good friend, Pastor Charles Flowers. And Pastor Flowers is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Let me tell you about a little bit about Pastor Flowers. He's been a guest before, and we've done work together for many years. Pastor Charles Flowers has been the senior pastor of Faith Outreach Center the uh, since March 11th, to be specific, 2001. He's also a proud veteran of the United States Air Force. He's a good friend of mine. His wonderful wife, Janice, travels all around with him. I always see them together so much. It's so encouraging that. And the two of them have four wonderful children. Pastor Flowers, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. I'm glad to be with you, Jonathan, anytime I get a chance. Well, I appreciate you being available on short notice, too, because we're going to have you as one of our guests at our policy forum coming up this weekend. I'm really excited about that. And I don't want to give everything away from what's going to be talked about. But a couple of updates and some breaking things, though, happening really uh, sort of this week. It kind of broke Sunday. You and I, you're you're located, based, if you will, in San Antonio. We've done a lot of work together there. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes we've had to. And one of the cases has been the city of San Antonio banning Chick-fil-A from having a restaurant at the airport because of their Christian beliefs and charity giving to Salvation Army. The Federal Aviation Administration, they did an investigation. And over the weekend, uh, look, whatever happened with their dialogue led to San Antonio having to offer the store where I, I was not surprised, but I was, you know, it was that issue had kind of been lost. It's been a while since that investigation started. But um, so kind of a big update for San Antonio. Uh, it is, and it's a welcomed uh, it's a welcomed action taken by the FAA on the city of San Antonio, and it is also a reflection on the city of San Antonio that we need a new attitude and leadership uh, in our city, both at the, at the mayor's office and some of the council seats. Well, look, uh, and you know there was almost a big change in the mayoral race last year, really close election there. And so you'd think some of those elected officials would be very concerned or they'd start listening to the people a little bit more. And the story got a little complicated. I'm not going to get all legal on you. You're the you're the pastor of a church, even though I know you appreciate and understand legal and policy mm-hmm. concepts. But it was weird because it was like this back and forth. Uh, Paxson came out and said, here's what the FAA said, that there's now an agreement that San Antonio has to offer Chick-fil-A a store. San Antonio came out and said, oh, that's not really true. We weren't really forced to do anything. And so it's just... You know, it's been frustrating, I think, for a lot of people in San Antonio because it's almost like no matter what the law says, no matter what a judge or the government at a higher level says, those city officials, they just don't want to answer to anyone and they want to do things their own way and sort of rewrite this story. Uh, But it's been clear that that's what's been going on from the beginning. 
And I, I just think, uh, look, the perception tells the story. And I think most people in San Antonio, uh, it, there's no doubt that Chick-fil-A was targeted because of their religious beliefs and San Antonio got caught. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt of that. In fact, uh, a, a group of pastoral leaders here in the city of San Antonio and business leaders uh, called our city council together at a local business here, here in the city of San Antonio after that happened and pointed up the fact that the reason they made that decision clearly was based on a bias against uh, the, the faith stance of uh, that organization. And they targeted uh, Chick-fil-A. They did it on purpose. And we asked them to recant it. We asked them to take a second vote, uh, reconsider their waywardness. And they, in their own uh, sense of arrogance, sometimes you get in a position and you're buffered by uh, policy. And when you are the one making the policy, you can become so uh, arrogant that you think that you're above the process. But it's voters that have to prove that differently. And uh, next year is another election year in the city of Tantan for our local elections. And uh, we trust that we that our voters will speak loudly and clearly, especially in the face of things like what happened uh, with Chick-fil-A. Well, and look, speaking of elections, there are a lot of local elections that are um, happening in November this year in many parts of the state because some of those local elections that often happen in May, they weren't able to do it this time around. And so, you know, look, wherever you're hearing this, check your local elections because usually they don't run in November like they do this year because the coronavirus pushed everything back. I'm going to read just from the FAA letter. Um, the FAA says they're going to continue to monitor the city's implementation. And they say that they've kind of come to an informal place on this issue. And it's almost if the AA, FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, who has some governing authority over the airport, along with the city of San Antonio, have said, look, we're going to give you this chance to make this right. And if you don't, we're going to continue our investigation and there's going to be concerns. And this is what they say. In the event that they are not complying with this agreement, FAA will reopen its complaint investigation, which may result, I would say, probably would result in a finding of the violation of relevant non-discrimination authorities. Let's move forward. Bigger picture, though. We're going to touch on this at our policy forum in a variety of ways. We know you're going to be on a panel on this issue. Uh, this kind of question looming out there in this new word, essential, as it relates to coronavirus issues and whether or not you can be open, is kind of that place where we are as a church. A lot of churches, can you believe it, Pastor Flyers? There's some churches that still have not opened in Texas for in-person services, and that's that question surrounding it. You know, is the church essential? Well, the church definitely is essential. We are we are an organization. You think about this for a minute. Your organization created by Jesus himself. He said uh, to Peter in Matthew 16, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So if we speak to the church as a non-essential, wouldn't we also be speaking to its founder as a non-essential person? And yet the whole of history uh, is actually paced around the birth, death and, and resurrection of Jesus. So, so the church by its very creation and its connection to its creator makes it essential. Additionally, we are... Uh, described in the scriptures as the pillar and ground of the truth. It, uh, the infrastructure, the fundamental foundational infrastructure from which truth is to prevail. And it guides the conscience of, uh, of a people, the moral consciences of a people. It uh, stewards truth, the absolute nature of truth, uh, it, that it's the same it's in its eternal respect. There is so many things that the church uh, provides for the health 
of a society and of a nation that it can't be dismissed as un- as non-essential. Unless, of course, you take the, the Bible and the foundation. You know, Jonathan, you know that the Bible is the most quoted um, document when forming our founding documents, the Constitution yep. and Declaration of Independence. Absolutely. That the writers quite quoted the Bible more than any other document. So to say that we are not essential is also to dismiss the very veracity of our founding documents. We well, are deeply embedded into the process of this nation. And we're recording this show a little bit earlier in the week and not doing it live because of our policy form. And we're recording it on Constitution Day in the United States of Texas. That's what September 17th is. And it's been for some time. So it's a good reminder of that. You know, and, and and we're just sort of asking the question to have the conversation, as you know, right? We're not, we don't think the search is the, there's any question the church is essential, but that conversation's sort of being had because of the way that government is treating the church, and you almost right. had the church right. almost had to prove no, 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 you have to allow us to be open. We are essential when this whole right. question was put out by executive orders and others. Oh, these things are essential, so we'll allow these things to stay open during the coronavirus issue in the height of it. But, you know, there's kind of that bigger question that we're looking at right now of the place of the church and it being essential. I don't think there's any question, but some people do need some convincing, you know, and and we can't ignore that. Yeah, not only some people, some pastors need need convincing. (laughs) And I, you know, I'm I'm a pastor, so I'm not trying to kick them. I'm just trying to perhaps uh, sound the alarm and awake them to the, to the very essential nature of their operation in the community. And I understand uh, that the governmental tentacles have reached so far into the church that I'm afraid sometimes it has reached around the neck mm-hmm. and choked the church, choked out its voice and choked out its intended effectiveness in the, uh, in the culture. And so I would awaken pastors in this hour and say to, to remind ourselves that we are indeed essential and that we have a commission to take the truth of the gospel to the world and to be a help and a blessing to people. We are blessed, in fact, that we might be a blessing. So uh, if we withhold that, then we're robbing the world of the benefit that Christ set us in the earth to express. Well, look, and I, I mean, it's a major election year. I mean, anytime there's a presidential election, it's a big election year. But with so many things going on this year, whether it's the coronavirus issue and the economic fallout, you know, some of the things going on with race, with um, ethnicity, with just a lot of these things playing out in our society, natural disaster. I mean, it just seems like there's been so many things happening this year in a presidential election year. And, you know, the church to me has always been a part of serving the community. And sometimes when there's natural disasters, and that's when the church thrives. And it was difficult to see these struggles, but then the church almost, you know, in a lot of ways, not being able to operate at 100% or, or limiting itself. But here we are with an election less than 60 days left. And, you know, people need to be hearing from their pastors, their churches, that, you know, you've you can't stay home. You you got to make a decision, and you right. got to make an informed decision this election cycle. I think this election, as has been stated, and we've said this about elections uh, in the past, and they were as true for those as this one is in our in, in this contemporary time. That is this really one of the most, if not the most, uh, important decisions that we'll make as a people on on November third, because we're actually choosing the future trajectory of our nation when we choose leadership. 
and which whichever direction the nation is going to go is in the hand of the voters. And there are many, even evangelical voters, who are registered but non-active in terms of the voting process. That that silence is consent. Mm. That silence is consent for the nation to go uh, in an ungodly direction if it goes that way. God forbid that it should. But uh, I think that the things that we're doing to move the nation back into a positive stance with God and with each other uh, and the truth of it, the, the truth that we can rest our hopes on, uh, the, the body of Christ needs to be trumpeting that from pulpits. And I, I must say that I'm aware of the fact that many are. I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that many are. I wish, I wish many more would. Well, and look, even if it's just a couple of times a year, right, March, November, mm-hmm. in a, an election year like this where you've got a primary in a general, that would be a huge improvement. Many churches, they say nothing, and even when it, we come up to November, and, and and so, but there's tremendous liberties to do that. There's tremendous freedoms. We'll be talking about that yeah, at our policy is. forum, just for people to be reminded by their pastor that there's an election. You should vote your values and all that good stuff, which is yeah. you know not going doesn't have to go to as far as endorsing someone. And that's why we're talking about these things at our policy forum. We're excited. We're going to have near nearly 500 people, many of them in person. And we're also going to have our live stream option, the largest crowd we've ever had for one mm-hmm. of these events. And with really a, a timely moment in our history and in our country and in our state. And, and we're hoping, as we've said every year, to educate, motivate and activate Texans on faith, family, and freedom. We're glad you're going to be a part of that. And look, this is the second, if not third time of out of our three years. It seems like you've been there almost every year. Uh, there's yeah, no doubt your yeah. voice is essential. Well, I'm thankful to God to have to be in partnership with the organizations like Texas Values. I, I believe so much in what God has called you to do. As I think about, you know, the role that Texas Values uh, plays in public policy and the voice that it represents for uh, for truth, you are invaluable. You guys are salt and light, as Jesus commanded us to be, and you're taking that into the legislative arena where it is most needed right now, because laws govern the behavior of the populace. And if those laws are perverted and twisted and godless, then that will have a direct impact on the populace. But you guys are the watchman on the wall, if you will, to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I'm grateful to God to be uh, to be in partnership well, with you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And it makes me think about last year when we were working on the Religious Liberty Bill to respond to what San Antonio was doing to Chick-fil-A. And it's not just about Chick-fil-A. I mean, there are other businesses that don't have the, the clout that Chick-fil-A does that can just right. be run over. And I remember, I believe this, you correct me if I'm wrong, you came, you were part of a, uh, of the the, the press conference and some of our work there at the Capitol that right. day, the, the so-called Save Chick-fil-A Day, as we called it, and then you turned around right. went back to San Antonio for that meeting you were talking about, and then the yeah. city of San Antonio didn't even allow people to speak that day on the no. issue. Um, you're there time and again. I may be very tempted to put that picture up on the screen at our policy forum with you and I at a press conference in front of the city of San Antonio City Hall. <laughs> You haven't aged. I think I have. I got a lot more gray hair than I did eight years ago. But you, we have been out. We've been through some battles. There's no question. And we couldn't do the work that we do at Texas Values without your leadership, without your place in the community, and without you putting it on the line 
every day and being Trisha as such a tremendous example of what we would love for more pastors to aspire to. And so I can't say enough about how appreciative we are of the work you're doing and the work we're doing together. Jonathan, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. And I want to say to those who are looking for some, you didn't ask me to do this. I just feel it in my heart to do it. For those who are looking for some place to place resources, that's going to go a long way and do a tremendous amount of good that uh, the people listening should, if they're not already supporting uh, Texas values, they should do so financially on a monthly basis. As a pastor, I understand the necessity for budget and you have to gauge from, uh, you know, through quarters annually, uh, even your your five and ten year plans have to be made on people's willingness to support what uh, what you're doing. And I urge everyone listening who's not a Texas Value partner to become one, so that this uh, this ministry I'll call it a ministry uh, because it is built to serve, and ministry serves. Uh, this ministry that you are operating serves the people of, of the state of Texas in a, in a proud way, one that we can look at and say that your heart is centered on people and is centered on uh, conservative truth and, consen- and centered on God. And I'm thankful that we have uh, such a partnership. Well, I couldn't have said it any better. That's why we continue to be blessed to be in each other's president, presence excuse me, as we were today. Pastor Charles Flowers has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. God bless you, Pastor Flowers. God bless you, Jonathan. Well, gosh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in person at our policy event. And, you know, he he had a little bit of time today. He's got some prep work he's got to do. He's got a church that he's running, but he's going to find some time to come out to our event. And look, there are 30 speakers at this policy forum. Go to txvalues.org. Depending on when you hear this broadcast, you might be able to squeeze in for the live stream. Uh, We're going to go from 1 to 5 on Saturday, September 18th, 9 to 4. Excuse me, 1 to 5 on Friday, September 18th, 9 to 4. On Saturday, September 19th, this is the third year we've done this event. Um, we're going to do it every year. It's modeled after Family Research Council's event, Value Voter Summit. And, I mean, they're at a whole nother level. Okay, they're a national organization. And so, but we went to their event several times and people said, you know, you guys should do something like that at the state level. Um, there's organizations on different issues that do state events, policy events. It's a lot of work to put on a conference like this. Probably, I, I don't... I hate to even estimate where the budget is now, but it continues to grow. This one is bigger and bolder than any year before. And we took a little bit of a, well, I don't want to use the wrong words here. We went out on faith to have this event in person. We do have safety protocols in place, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, (coughs) We do. The events at Great Hills Baptist Church in person, and um, because we want to keep people safe. There's plenty of room to spread out, though. Their worship center, where the main worship center seats 2,000. We're not going to have more than 500 people in person. Uh, um, A good chunk of people are going to be online. And so we're going to limit to that just to make sure that we, uh, you know, we keep things safe and, and people comfortable. But the focus is on people getting the information on the work we're doing, what's happening in court cases, state legislation, how to stand up for your rights on religious freedom, you know, your ability to school at home during these times. A lot of people are grappling with that. And how do you navigate issues of sex education in public schools if your kids are now at home, um, what your rights are? Can your business, your Christian business, your Christian nonprofit continue to stay open and be essential like the pro-life pregnancy centers had to deal with when we provided that legal analysis for them? A variety of things that will come up. You're going to hear from people from the Trump administration, too. And these aren't political folks, okay? And, and not that I have a problem with that, but the focus is going to be on policy. 
One of them is a lawyer that leads the effort for the Office of Civil Rights at the Health and Human Services. They make sure that religious liberty is protected, that there are equal rights when it comes to these issues. You're going to want to know because those things impact churches, religious ministries. Are you going to be forced to cover insurance coverage for abortion? That's going to be talked about. If someone says you have a a church that you run and they say, I want you to pay for my sex change operation, are you required to do that as a church? And these aren't exaggerations. These are lawsuits that are going on right now. So we're going to have people from the federal administration that are going to talk about that. When it comes to elections, can the churches talk about these policy issues? We not only have someone that is on the Federal Election Commission, we have the chairman of the Federal Election Commission, Trey Trainer. He's a lawyer from Texas. He's only been in that position a couple of months, but he's done this work for quite some time. He's going to be speaking at our event and a number of state House and Senate members that are heavily involved in these policy issues, as well as people whose lives have been changed or they have changed their lives and are now making that go forward. Abby Johnson, if you don't know who she was, She ran the largest and most successful Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in the state of Texas and arguably in the entire country, okay? That is no exaggeration. She was the head of this whole movement, okay, when it comes to performing abortions. She had a change of heart after seeing an abortion, excuse me, an ultrasound-guided abortion in person and said she couldn't do it anymore, all right? During that time, people were praying outside the abortion clinic for her and others. One of those was Heather Gardner. Abby Johnson left that abortion industry, became a pro-life advocate. There was a movie made about her, unplanned. Abby Johnson and Heather Gardner are going to be on the stage together again. Okay, it just, I mean, and look, it's, I don't want to say it's a miracle for someone to go from one side of that issue to another. It can feel like that sometimes. So, I mean, when you think about how wide apart, but if you've read Abby's book, which did come out a while back called Unplanned, she believes there's not a lot of difference to some extent by a lot of these people because many of them truly do care about people, but they're going at it a different way and and oftentimes in much drastic ways. But that industry itself is taking human life. And, and, And the more that they do that, the more you've seen people that impacting them individually. And so Abby's going to talk about some of that and how she moved away from that. Now she's helping people move away from that. Matthew West, okay, Christian contemporary singer, award-winning singer, all right, Grammy Award nominee, Dove Award winner. He wrote the title song for the movie Unplanned about Abby Johnson. He's going to be there in person. I still can't even believe it, okay? I mean, I know it's not that big of a deal, but to me it is a big deal, actually, okay? It's a small group. We're going to have, like, less than 400 people there. It's going to be a great chance to get up close and personal, not six feet, more than six feet close maybe but close it's not some big 40,000 you know person concert but he's got a personal connection to this and a testimony I, his music is fantastic so all of these things coming together just make this event so special in my mind and it's not chance okay we did this on purpose we tried to put together an amazing event that you can experience i think it's going to have a spirit there that's never been before i am totally like a a sold out on Christian contemporary music. It has changed my life. So that's just a little bit of myself and others wanting to bring that to you if you've not experienced that. It can be quite extraordinary. 
And so really looking forward to that. TXValues.org. If you're hearing this on Saturday in the afternoon, I don't know what time you're going to hear it because of the Baylor game. Maybe you can squeeze in for the live stream if you haven't already. But we'll probably try to post some things after the event if you miss it. But, um, you know, this is what we do at, at Texas Values. We don't have these events every other month. But this is kind of one piece of what we do. We understand the importance of getting good information to people. Uh, getting you inspired, filling you up with a spirit as it relates to these issues, okay? And we've been down and out before, too. You know, look, and that's why we understand the value of it. We've been through the pro-life movement for many years. We know how it can be discouraging. We've tried to get legislation passed to defend religious liberty and seen it fall apart right in front of our eyes on the House floor. Um, we It's not always been roses for us when it comes to our work, so we know the value of Having you here and experiencing things that are encouraging, that could change your life, could change the lives of people that are in attendance, it could be that extraordinary. When I read through the comments about two months ago to refresh ourselves from last year and the year before, boy, it was powerful. People had a lot to say, and most of it was really good, but it was deep, and I appreciate that. So I'm hoping people will have that same experience. Look, another reason to consider donating to us because these events are not free, but they're well worth it. And I think Texas Values is one of the best investments that you can make when it comes to issues of faith, family, and freedom. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can donate to us at txvalues.org. We had a huge victory last year at the, uh, excuse me, last week at the State Board of Education. Read about that on our social media channels and also on our website, txvalues.org. There was an effort really to politicize science, to start um, teaching, having to force students to teach and learn more about abortion, more about being minded in that way, more about getting involved in issues of sexuality that they are not prepared to get involved in at a state level. All of that was voted down, and we were able to help in the pushback and the opposition to that, but it was not without a lot of work, and it's not over. There's another round of this in November, and so um, we're going to continue to work on those issues and, and look, I, there is a lot going on on the elections. I know that. And there's a good reason to focus on what happens at the top of the ticket. Do not forget about your local candidates, your state candidates, your school board candidates, your city councils. Many local elections are happening in November this year because the virus pushed back the election schedule and people weren't voting in May like they used to. Check your local ballots. Go to freevotersguide.com to get information on the state issues. And we're going to stand right next to you and walk through with you through all of this and try to get out on the other side together. But you'll see that information on txvalues.org, our website. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.